0: A national anthem has become as essential a part of a nation-state as a flag. You're not a country, unless you have a song. And the song itself is used to help create a national mystique. But sometimes creating a national song can be a problem, because some countries aren't built around a single ethnic group or language. God Save the King, for example, is sung in English. Marseille's is French. But when you get to multilingual countries, picking a language for a song can be a problem, because it becomes terribly political. India has hundreds of languages, but the one used for most national purposes is Hindi, even though it's only spoken by less than half the population. And that's the language used to sing the national anthem. Other countries with fewer languages have adopted the practice of translating their anthems so that everyone is singing basically the same song. That's what happens in Switzerland and Belgium. But there's one country where the national anthem is actually two completely different songs sung to the same tune. Welcome back to this continuing series on national anthems, the worst songs in the world. My name is David Pate. I'm a broadcaster, writer and journalist in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Canada's national anthem has undergone a strange journey that would never have been imagined by its original composer and lyricist.
1: Canada is in fact two songs that happen to share the same melody. And it's just an accident of diction that allows these two songs to coexist. And that accident is is that the word that French Canada uses for its national state and the word that English Canada uses for its national state is the same word, Canada. So it's just an accident. So the both can be called O Canada.
0: Robert Harris is a music critic and author of the book Song of a Nation, the untold story of Canada's national anthem. This episode is shaped around a conversation about how O Canada became the country's national anthem. Because it didn't start out that way. In fact, it started out as a celebration of Quebec nationalism. In 1880, there was a conference to bring all of the
1: North American Francophonie together in Quebec City. 40,000 people, a conference of 40,000 people. And organized by the saint jean baptiste society the you know the leading french canadian nationalist society then and now and they decided to attach to this great gathering which was going to happen in the summer of 1880 a competition in effect for a french canadian national anthem right? a national hymn
0: that would be um unveiled at this enormous conference the music The same music we know today was written by a leading Quebec composer, Calixa Lavallee, with lyrics provided by a Quebec poet and judge, Adolphe Bazile Routier. Both men considered themselves Quebecers and had little loyalty to the new state of Canada, which had only been created 13 years before. For many Francophones, the very idea of Canada was a French creation which is why it was celebrated in the opening line of their song. It was also a passionate expression of Quebec nationalism. If you read the French words, it's extremely
1: nationalistic and extremely Catholic, and it's a very, very a
0: powerful evocation of Quebec nationalism. So, what exactly do those French words say? O Canada, land of our ancestors, glorious deeds circle your brow. For your arm knows how to wield the sword, your arm knows how to carry the cross. Your history is an epic of brilliant deeds and your valour steeped in faith will protect our homes and our rights. That song was duly performed at the 1880 Quebec City gathering and then nothing.
1: It came and went. It had a couple of performances. You know, it was well received and then forgot, basically. Um, So much so that in Lavallée's uh, obituary in 1891 and then Routier's obituary, which is 1920, it wasn't mentioned at all. In other words, the fact that these were the two guys who wrote O Canada didn't wasn't significant enough to actually feature in their obituary. So to us, you know, this is the thing we know Khalix Lavallée best for, right? Is the composition of this of this song. To him, it was the work of maybe three or four weeks in April of
0: 1880, which came and went and was of very little
1: consequence to
0: him. But there was at least one person who remembered the tune and resurrected it for a royal visit by the future King George V in 1901. The tune was played at events outside of Quebec and so was heard for the first time by a large number of English Canadians. All they knew was the music and its title, O Canada. Of course, O Canada had a very different meaning for the Anglo audience than the composers had intended. It the tune proved so popular that people started writing English lyrics. It needed words, right? And so it began
1: in about 1904 or five, a process which Honestly, David didn't end until t- January the first, twenty eighteen. You know, more than a century later, which was to find acceptable English words for this French song, for this French Canadian hymn. So the first attempt was to translate the French words more or less exactly, and that was a disaster, right? Because it talks about the cross and it talks about defending our rights, and it it just makes no sense to an English Canadian audience whatsoever. Um, So then began a very long process of trying to find acceptable English words for what was sort of now beginning to
0: develop as a potential national song. Hundreds of versions were composed, all now long forgotten. The one that stuck around was written by another Quebecer, Robert Stanley Weir. His version contained most of the elements we're familiar with today, but it took several rewrites, parliamentary hearings, and even the occasional near riot before it settled down into the song we all know.
1: By the 30s and the 40s, O Canada was performed tremendous you know, by military bands, by, sung with the sort of the latest version of the Weir lyrics, and sort of um, started to informally take on its presence as a national song that was, Liked by everybody, you know, that was sung both in Quebec and outside of Quebec, although to different words, but the same tune. Um, so it began sort of to emerge as a potential national anthem.
0: By the 1960s, Canada was beginning to exert itself as a nation and shedding its colonial ties with Britain. The first thing to change was the flag into the red and white maple leaf emblem known around the world today. What's largely forgotten is that the debate over dumping the Union Jack was hugely controversial, as Robert Harris recalls. They knew the flag was going to be a problem, right? Because it was a brand
1: new design. No one had ever seen it before. You know, they were, uh, they were asking Canadians to adopt something brand new. Oh, Canada, in effect, had been sung across the country for 40 years, 50 years. So they figured that's going to be a no-brainer. So they started with the legislation for the flag because they knew that was going to be tough. And it was. It took six months, 300 speeches in Parliament about this. And then they figured, oh, okay, Canada's going to be a no-brainer, right? Like, so we'll just tack that on at the end, right? Well, it took them a year to get the the um, the flag done. And to be quite honest, we didn't quite... Finish with O Canada until 2018 you know it was they couldn't believe how controversial it was and it was controversial because God Save the Queen was so ubiquitous
0: although O Canada was largely recognized by the people as the unofficial national anthem making it official was too much for some in
1: the summer of 1967 there was a meeting of the board of governors of the Canadian National Exhibition in Toronto, and innocently, the chairman of the board said, well, let's start the meeting with the singing of our national anthem, and half the room saying, oh, Canada, and half the room saying, God save the because they had to phone the police,
0: they <laughs> had to phone the police to quell the disturbance. A parliamentary committee did at least manage to agree on official lyrics, adding God to the song, which had never been in it before, But it wasn't until 1980 that there was enough support to officially adopt O Canada as the national anthem, using the lyrics agreed back in the 1960s and leaving the original French words unchanged. The song that had started life as a passionate expression of Quebec nationalism had been co-opted by the very nation its composers had never felt a part of. What had happened in French
1: Canada... um, was as O Canada became more and more popular in English Canada, it became less and less popular in French Canada, In other words, French Canada felt that English Canada was appropriating their national hymn, and they basically wanted to have nothing to do with it. So O Canada um, became less and less
0: um, valued in Quebec. The lack of interest in the French song may explain why its lyrics have never undergone a serious re-examination, but the English lyrics have been under intense scrutiny from the start, particularly the line, True patriot love in all thy sons command. Women objected immediately and spent decades trying to get that changed. But there was strong pushback. Politicians who supported the idea were flooded with complaints from constituents who made it clear the anthem should be left alone. And so it was for decades until finally, in 2018, two words were altered From All Thy Sons to All of Us. Finally, Canada had a gender-neutral anthem. Author Robert Harris acknowledges the divisiveness of the debate, but thinks that was very important. During this period of time, especially in 2015, when a tremendous
1: amount of parliamentary time was being devoted to this one line, there were an awful lot of commentators across the political spectrum who said, "Well, you know, the world has a lot of problems and Canada has a lot of problems. Why in the world are we wasting vali- valuable parliamentary time on one word in the national? Who cares, right? And I always felt then and still do that. That's a mistaken um, point of view. It seems quite logical. But the truth of the matter is that you know symbols like national anthems and, uh, are continuing means by which a nation defines itself, right? And Canada has always been, in my opinion, a country that always sees its destiny in the future. In other words, wh- what we are as a country is we we look ahead of us to find that. We don't look behind us to find that, is my feeling. Not everybody agrees with that. But it seems to me that that's one of the things that makes Canada such an interesting country, right? Is that we see um, our meaning as a country as not yet fulfilled, right? So the notion that we would subject our national anthem to these kinds of very emotional and very
0: bitter debates,
1: I think is inevitable, right?
0: And we're not done with the debate over Canada's anthem. Some people want the reference to God removed. Others are concerned about the lack of acknowledgement of Canada's original inhabitants. Toronto r and singer Julie Black made her own Unauthorized change to the National Anthem in early 2023, replacing the line Our Home and Native Land with Our Home on Native Land. Here to perform O oh, Canada, welcome Toronto, Ontario native and Canada's Queen of R&B, Julie Black.
2: Oh, Canada Canada, a home on a native land,
0: true Black explained the change just felt right. I woke with the
2: feeling of how do I make this moment meaningful? How do I make this
0: opportunity um, impactful for all of Canada? Like, I'm representing Canada. To me, it was like the Olympics of anthems. (laughs) I'm representing Canada on the
2: world stage. And so when that, when it dawned on me, like, oh, okay, I went through through the anthem word for word. And I'm like, okay. It just didn't feel right. And I followed the feeling. And then, you know, there's appropriation, then there's appreciation. So that's when I, I contacted a few of my friends who are indigenous. But getting their blessing. Is what made me go through with it. Because had had I not received their blessing, it would have been it would have felt self-serving.
0: An opinion poll suggested that only about a third of Canadians supported the idea of changing the anthem to acknowledge the country's First Nations. But as we've seen, change doesn't come easily or quickly. And yet, once it's made, the opposition blows away like. Early morning mist. My feeling is, and I talked about this in
1: the book, was so why was the flag adopted? You could I argue a much more potent symbol than our national anthem, relatively easily and without controversy. In other words, there was a bit of controversy at the time, but since then, no one's suggesting we go back to the Union Jack in Canada. Um, and yet the anthem was incredibly controversial. And my feeling about that is that music is so much more emotional than visual symbols are it strikes us so much more emotionally that that change um was much more difficult for people to accept you know the change from god save the queen to oh canada
0: my thanks to robert harris author of song of a nation the untold story of canada's national anthem for making this episode possible and it seems appropriate to end with a performance of an anthem that makes very little sense, except possibly in a country like Canada, the bilingual version of the anthem.